Safety, dependability, and power. Chevy Silverado isn't happy unless the work is hard and the day is long. No wonder Silverado is America's number one best-selling retail pickup truck. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and put a Silverado in your toolbox. It's the WGN Radio Football Podcast. We're trying to build championship habits. Championship habits. Every single week. One week at a time. Because we're building a champion. Fields, oh, what a move to move past Nixon. And Justin Fields ahead of the field. And gone. What a run. It's his third rushing touchdown of 50-plus yards this year. I felt like I was moving kind of slow, to be honest with you. just felt like I was moving slower than my top speed. I got to check the GPS on that and see how fast I was moving. Now, it's the WGN Radio Football Podcast. Here's Kevin Powell. Welcome into episode 57 of the WGN Radio Football Podcast. I'm Kevin Powell. Thanks again for listening. We are on to the bye week for the Chicago Bears, who are coming off another loss to the Packers. But a lot of good things from Justin Fields in that game, especially throwing the ball, mostly throwing the ball. There wasn't a lot of running from Justin Fields, obviously the big explosive play for the touchdown. But I thought in terms of of passing the ball, it was probably his best game of the season. And he said just that, following the game, too. You love to see it. And what did we see? Why was he able to throw the ball? He got protection. The offensive line had a really nice game against Green Bay, protecting Justin Fields. And what have we been talking about the entire season? It's like Justin Fields is running a lot. Is he running too much? Well, he's running because he has to. And like I've said many times, a lot of the plays that are design runs, he is avoiding the big hits. It's the scrambles. And the off-script stuff is where you know, he kind of opens himself up to contact. But when you get protection, this is no, uh, you know, major mystery in the NFL or football in general. When you get protection up front, good things will happen with your quarterback. And I thought the protection was there against uh, against Green Bay. Had two interceptions. One of them, not the best route by the receiver, Equinemia St. Brown. Second one, okay, garbage time. Maybe he was trying to force one a little bit. But I thought overall Justin Fields looked really good. I get into it more with Zach Pearson from BearReport.com. He's been on many times before. We talk about fields. Kind of look back at the last 13 games. They're 3-10, and 10, but I think it's been a pretty fun season because we're seeing the development of Justin Fields, which is the development of the future of this franchise. And they might have their franchise quarterback. Let's talk about fields, uh, the past 13 games, and then kind of look ahead to the, the final month of the season. But here's my conversation with Zach Pearson from BearReport.com. Now joining me on the WGN Radio Football Podcast is Zach Pearson. He covers the Bears for BearReport.com. Follow him on Twitter at Zach underscore Pearson. That's Z-A-C-K. Does a great job covering the Bears. Zach, uh, we enter the bye week here with the Chicago Bears at 3-10, and 10, but... I think when we look back at this season and the evaluation of Justin Fields, we'll get into him a little bit more. But for as for as as bad as it's been in the win loss column, it's been kind of a fun season. And I think it's because Justin Fields and those explosive plays and seeing the development of QB one, it, it's it's been one of the the more fun three and ten seasons I can remember, Zach. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're right. The biggest thing is Justin Fields and the excitement that kind of surrounds him, his ability to make big plays, um, you know, mainly with his legs, but now also with his arm, as we saw last week against Green Bay. But, yeah, you know, the development of fields, him progressing, him getting better, that was the biggest storyline going into this year, and I think it's kind of de- 
developed and, and really, um, you know, hit that mark here um, this season, even though he got off to kind of a sluggish start in the first four to five games. You know, there was a four- to five-week stretch where he really turned it on and showed us, okay, yeah, I can be a franchise quarterback here. You know, um, you can build around me. I can be the future. And and that's what's been the, the excitement. And, and, you know, there's been a couple other young players that have been exciting, but for the most part, it's, it's just pretty much been Justin Fields and, and the development of the quarterback. Yeah, and maybe I don't mean to oversell it too much as this fun, great season. You are losing a lot of games. They haven't been able to get it done in crunch time. And, you know, we can't forget clunkers like that Washington game, which was just, you know, mind-numbing performance from the Bears. Um, but I think when you look at the overall body of work, and, and look, Zach, J- Justin even said it after the game against Green Bay that he thought it was his most complete game because he was passing the ball well. And I think he was able to throw the ball because, as we all know, this offensive line's been shaky for much of the season. I thought the offensive line had a really nice game against Green Bay, and it was a glimpse of what it would look like if Justin Fields actually had some consistent protection up front. I thought the offensive line looked pretty good against Green Bay. Yeah, you're right. Um, you know, going back to Fields, the, the one thing we wanted to see going into maybe this last stretch of games or middle of the year was become more of a pocket passer, and we saw that against Green Bay, and, and you, you, you're exactly right with that the offensive line played well, and in doing so, they gave Justin Fields a clean pocket. He didn't have to scramble out and make throws. He could stand in the pocket and, and make those throws. We saw that in a couple um, deep passes, one to St. Brown, one to Mikhail Harry. Um, where he, he kind of found his guy. Um, the, the drive that Claypool stumbled on and got hurt, Fields looked pretty good in the pocket. He made some good, strong throws. Before that one, um, you know, kind of stalled out there. But, yeah, I mean, he, the offensive line coming together here is, is big because you look at next season, okay, Braxton Jones has been fine. I think you can live with him out of left tackle unless you can find a, a surefire upgrade and go out and spend big money or trade for a guy. Um, to replace him, maybe you move him to the right side potentially. Um, depends on what they want to do with him there. But Kevin Jenkins is going to be a starter on this offensive line next year. He's been your best offensive lineman, you know, and that's a guy who, for the first couple of days of training camp, and you know, we didn't know what was going on with him. wasn't there. Where was he going to play? They kind of just stick him at right guard and, and shines. Um, and then Alex Mother was a player to kind of watch and evaluate down the stretch. He got ten snaps against Green Bay. I'll throw to St. Brown. He stonewalled um, the edge rusher and was really good on those 10 snaps, one of the higher-graded um, players on the Bears roster from that game from Pro Football Focus. So you got three guys there that are relatively young, um, each in, in, in their first two seasons in the NFL, one former first-round pick, a second-round pick, and then a fifth-round pick. After that, though, it gets a little um, questionable because you have like Lucas Patrick who's under a one-more-year one deal here in Chicago. Do you move on from him and kind of save the money? Um, I don't think Riley Reef will be back. Michael Schofield probably won't be back. What do you do with Sam Mustafer? So, yeah, th- these final couple games here are going to be evaluation time for this offensive line. I think um, against Green Bay was a great start. Yeah, look, I think Tevin Jenkins, you know, I could see him being the starting right guard next year. And Braxton Jones has been good. All things can, you know, all things consider a fifth round pick, not exactly playing against the highest level of, of opponents in college football. Um, but, you know, the, the reshaping of the offensive line has to happen this offseason from Ryan Poles. They, they have the flexibility. Who knows? They could end up taking up a, a Peter Skaronsky in the, in the first round of the NFL draft who looks like, you know, a day one starter in the NFL. Um, 
But I do want to see him. Like it, it will be kind of interesting to see how much Ryan Poles believes in the development of some of these younger guys they've given opportunities to, or does he just kind of want to go out and be like, "We need to build a new offensive line." Now this is you know this is his expertise is is the offensive line being a lineman himself. I will say that it's become apparent that the defensive line needs a full blown rebuild. <laughs> they need a lot in in that department because Aaron Rodgers. Zero quarterback hits. I think there was one hit on Rodgers, but it was nullified because of a penalty. That was a game where I was like, that was the recipe to stop Rodgers. Now, Rodgers didn't really carve him up. It wasn't your classic Rodgers goes off and he's throwing dimes all over the field. But And Rodgers said it after the game. He's like, that was a dream scenario because he was untouched. This is a guy dealing with a rib injury, a thumb injury, and they couldn't get pressure on him. And, and Zach, we know this style of defense here in Chicago, 4-3, cover-2 style defense, where Matt Eberflus doesn't want to blitz a lot, which means you got to get it done with your front four, which means you need some nasty dudes up front. That defensive line needs a lot of work, and the way things are shaping for the Bears, you know, they could have their pick at Will Anderson or a Jalen Carter near the top of, of the draft come next, uh, what is that, April or March we're looking at for the draft? Yeah, you know, Ryan Paul said they're going to build through the trenches when he first got here, and that's the offensive line and defensive line. Um, and I think, uh, obviously, the defensive line has a lot more work, um, probably the weakest position on the entire roster. And looking back at the Packers game, I mean, they just, yeah, they just could not get pressure on Rodgers, and they still, like, for three quarters, the Bears played the better game. Than Green Bay, and they weren't getting pressure on Rodgers. Now, Badgers, they got that pressure on Rodgers. I think they definitely won the game. I don't think they're outscored 18 nothing in the fourth quarter. I don't think Fields is forced to throw it um, in that fourth quarter <clears throat> as much. So it all kind of you know ties into um, you know the help. And then you look at the secondary. The secondary played well, but at some point you know you're going to wear down. And the longer you have to cover, the tougher it is. And you have undrafted guys back there, rookies back there. It's tough as it is. They played well. They needed some help from that defensive line. Looking at this Bears defensive line, it, it's, it's been a struggle. So Dominic Robinson has three sacks, I believe, or two and a half. Um, outside of that, he's really the only one that's getting pressure or gotten pressure and getting sacks. And all of that pretty much came in week one and then early mm-hmm. on in the season. Since then, he hasn't really done much. The, um, sa- the, the rookie has- safety is their leading sacker. They're leading sack yes, and, in Jaquan Prisker, and Ro, Roquan yeah. is up there, and they traded him. Like that's not a great recipe for success for a yeah, defense. And, uh, I think I think Jack Sanborn has two sacks, two and a half sacks. Sounds right. Yeah, he's up there too, and he's he's an undrafted linebacker. So yeah, it's not a good recipe at all. I, Justin Jones has a sack, but outside of that, man, it's just it's been brutal. And you know, you could say, oh, well, why they trade away Robert Quinn? Why they did? Well, Robert Quinn really wasn't going to make the difference here. He was struggling when he was here. They need to find an absolute game record on that defensive line, and I think they're going to be in position to um, uh, upcoming here in the 2023 NFL draft. If they don't trade the pick and they're in the top three to four, they could end up with, you know, a guy on the edge like Will Anderson. They could end up with um, a three technique, someone like Jalen Carter. They just need someone to get in the backfield. In, in disrupt plays, whether it's sacking the quarterback and pressure on the quarterback, or even cloning up those run lanes and not letting teams run all over them. They just don't have that. I think that's going to be the area where they're going to spend a lot of money um, or, you know, and or they're going to tr- either trade or try to get someone in the draft, maybe one or two guys in the draft where they can kind of, you know, make a difference. I, I think their secondary next year is going to be set. Maybe mm-hmm. you find one or two more corners. Um, They'll but, draft you know, a linebacker, back. but probably – 
you know, the way they, they clearly yeah. look at that position in the defense, you're probably looking at a third or fourth round type guy that they can plug in there. Um, exactly. I, I, you know, that I think that's more of a likely scenario. Um, yep. Do you think that Aaron Rodgers will be back with the pack next year? You think that he's done? You think that he gets traded? Oh, you think he moves on? I know there's a <laughs> massive salary cap. I think it's $60 million bucks for Rodgers next year. So if you, if you do trade him, if you're Green Bay um, and he wants out, They've that's going to be this that's going to be a little bit of an obstacle that I think they can figure out. But um, look, he hasn't looked the same this year. They traded away his top receiver. He's been dealing with injuries. He's also won the MVP in the previous two seasons. So, I mean, I'm even looking at a team like the Rams, right? Who somehow always find a way to maneuver the salary cap and clearly are not afraid to deal draft picks, like. Maybe they get aggressive and find a way to get Rodgers. Um, I, I don't know. Do, I get, what, what's, what's your gut telling you? Do you think the, the way Rodgers was talking after the game, um, and yep. he, look, he gets very, you know, he, he talks a lot. He's an interesting guy to listen to. So um, I don't know how much stock I would put into what he said after the game about, you know, this is great memories in Chicago and this and that, and he gave the whole salute to the crowd. But what, what would you think the future of Rodgers and the Packers is? He's also very calculated, too, in, in what he says, in kind of a weird way as well. Um, man, it's tough. Here's the one thing I would say. He pretty much controls everything. He 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 is the main thing. Um, if he wants to be traded, he'll be traded. If he wants to stay, he's going to stay. If he wants to retire, he'll retire. I, mean, I, know, I know that sounds kind of obvious, but he holds all the power. He holds all the cards in this situation. He can essentially trade me and then retire, and then what? What does the team, you know, that – that he get goes to, what do they do with him? So I think he's going to play one more year. Um, I think after that, he'll probably be retiring in Green Bay. Um, it's just, it's, it's hard seeing him retire on this bad of a season. Like they're, they're bad. They are a pretty bad team. Like I, I know there's Packers fans and, and people out there like, Oh, they can make a run. You know, they win these next what four or five games and they can make a run in the playoffs. That's not happening. They need so much to happen. They don't have a tiebreaker against a couple teams. So they're pretty much dead in the water. Um, if he were to be traded, though, I think a team that I would be interested in seeing him go to um, is the team that another former backer quarterback went to, the Jets. I, I think if, if they're pretty much almost a quarterback away, maybe one or two pieces after that, and I'm not sure they're completely sold on Zach Wilson. The Mike White story is fun. Yeah, I don't know if he's a long-term solution or – a solution to get you to the Super Bowl right now. If you go out and get Aaron Rodgers, I think they become not the favorite in the AFC, but they're they're up there. I mean, they're, they're probably top three, four team, um, depending on other moves. But I think he's going to stay one more year. I just he, he's 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 kind of a, he's a weird guy. So I don't I just don't know what's going to happen. But I don't see him leaving on this bad of a season. Yeah, I've thought about that too. Like, you know, he's he's all, you know, very much about his own legacy and does he want it to end like this? Does he think he has one more run in him with another full off season of Green Bay actually adding some pieces around him? I mean, they traded away Devonte Adams. That was his guy. And they got rid of him. Um We'll see how it goes. We'll have an old whole off season of that. I'm sure there will be plenty of drama surrounding it because that's just kind of the way it's going lately with Rodgers and the Packers, and we know how off, uh, last off season went. Looking ahead to the final month for the Bears, 
And you mentioned, you know, maybe trying to find some development on the defensive line, certainly the offensive line. You mentioned Alex Leatherwood. Um, what else do you want to see in the fight? Because I feel like we pretty much know what this team is at this point. I guess it's the continued yep. development of Justin Fields. And, and most importantly, more than anything, in my opinion, avoiding major injuries over the final month. The Darno Mooney injury and the Eddie Jackson injury, not good. That was a bad day against the Jets. Avoid major injury. Um, maybe have another a couple nice passing games for you know they've got some difficult opponents and we'll see how the playoff picture shapes up um because they've got the Eagles, they've got the Bills, they've got the Vikings and we'll see where all those teams are at when it comes to the playoff standings and what certain games mean to each team. Um for me it's just staying healthy and seeing Justin Fields just continue to do what he's been doing over the past, you know, 7-8 games or so. And, uh, you know, maybe see some development in guys like Alex Leatherwood in that offensive line. I do think they've got one more victory in them, you know, for as, for as depleted as the secondary was and as for as rough as the defensive line is and, you know, just not a lot of skill around. They've been so close in so many games. I guess, I guess it would maybe mean a little bit to see Justin Fields finally close one out. Um, you know, they've had so many opportunities late in games and they haven't gotten done. So I don't know. Who knows? Maybe against Detroit, it's another close one, and Fields finally leads them to a comeback victory late in the fourth quarter. Yeah, it, it's, you know, the final four games, they have three teams that are, what, either one or two seed in their conference right now mm-hmm. with um, Philadelphia, Minnesota, and Buffalo. They have a Lions team who is, is getting better. They're kind of a couple games out of the playoff race. They, they have a nice win streak um, going. Just compete. Um, how do you stack up against those teams? I, I don't expect the Bears to win those games against the three, the Vikings, the Bills, and the Eagles. But how do you compete against them? Are you going to lay down and just get rolled over and just kind of let them cruise to victory? Or are you going to kind of keep it interesting, maybe through three quarters? Maybe it's a one-score game. Maybe it's a ten-point game through three quarters. Um, ends up being you know a three-score game. But if you could keep it close, uh, that's something I would be interested in because I'm kind of on board with the tanking, like, the more losses, honestly, right now, the better, so you can get that high draft pick. But staying in those games does have some value, too, for a young player. Even winning a game has some value. Um, it's just the development of guys like Alex Lovell, Braxton Jones, Elijah Hicks is getting his chance in the secondary, and you've got the undrafted guys, and um, Jalen Jones and, and Josh Blackwell, Jack Sanborn on defense. Obviously, you know, the development of Justin Fields is, is nice as well. Um, but just kind of staying in those games, competing, not getting blown out and kind of having this, you know, that negative attitude going into the offseason. Maybe you surprise someone and you stun the Vikings or, or maybe you, you know, you beat the Lions and kind of end the season on a, on a winning note, carry that into the offseason. But yeah, I'm thinking about that, the evaluations and, and just how they match up against the Eagles. I think the Eagles, the Vikings, and the Bills. I, I think next year, you know, we're going to be looking at the, the Eagles again in the top team. When we look at the Vikings, potentially the favorites going in the next year in the NFC North. Um, Buffalo obviously be a Super Bowl contender again, but how do you kind of match up with these teams and where your franchise is at? Yeah, and you know, other than that, other than that Jets game where Fields wasn't playing, um, they've been competitive in just about every game this year. You know, I, yep. I, I think they've they've played hard. The Jets game, look, you no fields, major injuries to Eddie Jackson and Darnell Mooney. They looked demoralized in that game. And even that Cowboys game where they lost by 20 points, they made it interesting, you know, and then it was very apparent the, the skill set that the Cowboys have compared to the Bears, and they pulled away. But they made it a one-score game. And um, the fumble at the end, too, really changed a yeah, lot of things. Right, the fumble at the end. So, 
Look, all in all, I, I, I've kind of been saying that the Bears are on track for the perfect losing season because uh, it's looking like they're going to have a very high draft pick while also identifying their franchise quarterback. That that's a good yeah, season in the NFL, you know. Like it, 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 the point the Bears are at, that we all feel pretty good about Justin Fields, and they're likely going to add, um, you know, a high draft pick. Which you know, draft picks are draft picks, but the higher you up in those those top ten picks, they're in a really good spot right now, Zach. So I think if you're a Bears fan, you should feel very optimistic. I understand the losing can can be frustrating, but. Man, you know, I think in an ideal situation and, you know, the whole idea of tanking, like, and fans, you know, rooting for draft position, which find me a Bears fan that can post up on a noon game and let's say Bears-Eagles. You tell me there's a Bears fan that's going to sit down and actively root against the Bears. It's just not how it works, you know? Like, you're watching, you're interested, you probably want them to win, and then when they lose, you're like, okay, it's probably for the better. Yep. So, right? You know what I mean? Like, who's actually, if you're a Bears fan, just rooting against the Bears? Nobody's doing that. But when they lose, you know, it helps a little bit knowing that it does likely provide them a higher draft pick. So, I, honestly, the final four games, as long as Justin Fields plays well and stays healthy and, and you know, the whole team stays healthy over the final four games and they, and they play tough and competitive and all that, if they lose out, it doesn't matter. You know, as long as Justin Fields continues to play well and uh, and stays healthy, I, I'm chalking it up as a pretty good season for the Bears. And I think if they lose out, the worst they can do is three or four in the draft pick. I think because Denver and Los Angeles play each other on Christmas Day, um, and they both have three wins. I think the worst the Bears could do would be three. Then, so if they yeah. do lose out, and then the two teams um, in is- front of them need a quarterback. And exactly. so you're still going to have your pick, but obviously if you're a two and then a team gets desperate, as we know here in Chicago, you could trade down and maybe have two first-round picks in the draft. So there are a lot of um, scenarios that, that can play out, but I think overall it's been a yeah, – go ahead. No, I was just going to add to that. There's a lot of teams that are going to be picking in the top, let's say 15-ish, even top 10 that – you know, need a quarterback mm-hmm. that will be behind the Bears. Right. Too. You know, exactly. Detroit will yeah. be behind the Bears. Seattle, I was going to get that pick from Denver. Um, you know, teams like that, Atlanta's going to be picking, mm-hmm. you know, out, just outside the top 10. So if you could definitely get a pick that you're still in the top 12, top 13, and then, you know, get more future first-round picks, that, that's pretty much ideal scenario for yeah. Bears. Saints need a quarterback. You know, a lot of teams that need a quarterback around the NFL. So, yep, um, exactly. Your your top tweet right now, Zach, is Christmas Vacation and Home Alone, two <laughs> of my favorites. The most underrated Friday after next. Why not talk a little Christmas movie? So, Christmas Vacation and Home Alone, probably my top two. I've already watched them. I, I don't. They're just always on TV. Those two. It's a Wonderful Life is is tough to beat. Love a Christmas story. Now, I will say, Zach, have you watched the new Christmas story, the one on HBO Max? Have you seen that one? I have not. Here's my thing. Okay. I I think when you have a movie that old and that good, um, just do away with the sequel. Like, I don't need, it just does not interest me. I'll probably watch it just to watch it. But I, mean, I think, like, the sequel thing has to be within, what, four to five, six years for it to actually be something. So I, I haven't. Have you seen it? I, I have not watched it. So I'm going to change your mind here because I watched it last night, Zach, and I'm probably okay. going to watch it again this Christmas season because I think actually the okay. the amount of years that have separated have allowed them to get kind of creative in how they wanted to do the sequel. 
It's not just some okay. kind of okay. clunky Christmas sequel where it's just like, let's do it to do it. There actually was a Christmas Stories 2 that nobody watched, and it was whatever. But this one is really well done. I'm serious. They fi- they find a way to make it a sequel that actually works. Um, and it does kind of flow from the first one to this one, and they do some callbacks to the first one, and there's you know a lot of the same characters and all of that. But enough time has passed where the characters have aged enough where they were able to write the story around that, like where they're at in their life, and it's really creative. And I loved it, dude. Okay. I thought I thought it was great. It's one of those you know it's hard to find because we fall in love with these Christmas movies that we just watch the same ones over and over and over again. Yep. Rare, rarely does exactly. a Christmas classic get released, and we're like, this is one we're going to watch over and over and over. This one's good, dude. I think you're going to like it. Honestly, I'm going to watch it. I'm, it's, it's on my list. I see. I, I like Christmas Vacation. Probably my favorite one. I grew up with that one. Like yeah. our entire family would watch it on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day all the time. But like Home Alone was my first movie as a kid. So for me, that was kind of an easy answer. Like it, I just kind of have that special mm-hmm. connection with it. But I mean, I love, there's a bunch of other good ones. Um, the one I can't think, oh, um, is it Jingle All the Way with the, um, with Arnold? the Robo Man? <laughs> Tur- yes. Turbo Man, right? Turbo Man, yep, that one's great. <laughs> um, actually, I watched one last year that wasn't bad. It was kind of, it's not cheesy, but... It was kind of one of those newer ones where it's like, okay, I'd watch again, but it was um, eight bit yes. Christmas. I, I'll be I'll be yep. watching that at some point this Christmas season. That's that's one I think I can add to the annual Christmas movie rotation. I, I enjoyed that one. That's another good one. I so we just have a tradition on my dad's side of family when we do Christmas Eve, um, we'd watch Christmas Vacation would be on, and then we'd watch um, or you know just be on the TV people would come in and out, but. We'd watch uh, Vegas Vacation, and it, that's not a Christmas movie, but to me, is like in my eyes, I associate that with Christmas now. So it's like, you know, I'll, I'll pop that in, um, you know, a couple of days before Christmas. But Friday after next, I, I will die on this hill. That is one of the best Christmas movies that no one talks about at all, and I have no idea why. It's got terrible reviews for some reason um, on Rotten Tomatoes, but it, it is one of my favorite. I watch it every year on the 23rd. No matter what I'm doing, where I'm at, it is one of my favorite Christmas movies, and I just, I just love it. Just the comedy is so good with it. Are you an Elf guy? Because I think it's, it's, um, it's, 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 it has its moments, but it doesn't. It, it's not like some people are obsessed with it. Maybe that's why I'm like a little bit. I don't know. Some people are over the top with Elf. I don't think it's that funny. I mean, I think it's, it's watchable, but I don't love it. Yeah, it's. Um, I've seen it a couple times. If it's on, I'll kind of, you know, like. Um, pay attention to it, um, but I'm not going out of my way to watch it. Now, my son is only like 14 months, so I'm kind of got to get into things like uh, Christmas grooves where <laughs> he's going to have to start watching a lot of these movies. And this is ones I've seen, so I'm, I'm sure in the coming years I'm going to be watching a lot of those. <laughs> Are you, uh, what about It's a Wonderful Life? Do you mix that one in? Uh, no, I've seen it. I, I'm not a fan. A of it. classic, it. man. Um, Come on. I know, I know. It's it's crazy. I think Friday After Next is a great one, I, and I don't like that one as much. That's crazy to me. So, yeah, it's fair enough. I'm, I'm, I do. Uh, I do want you to watch. Uh, we'll be at Soldier Field against the Eagles a week from Sunday. I would love yeah. to get your full review of the new Christmas Story movie. Then, okay. Yes, I'll probably watch it this weekend. So. I'm, t- I'm telling yeah, you, man, yeah. it's really well it's done. I, th- I think you're, I think you're going to enjoy it. I really do. 
Yeah, I'll let you know. I'll let you know how it is. I'm definitely up to We got some free time. Go from uh, Christmas Story, the new one, to Friday after next. That could be uh, <laughs> that could be your new Christmas tradition. Uh, Zach, great Bears talk, great Christmas movie talk. Follow Zach on Twitter at z a c k underscore Pearson. BearReport.com for all of his work. Does a great job covering the Bears. Zach, appreciate your time. Merry Christmas, happy holidays, and uh, this was fun. Thanks again. I appreciate it. Anytime. Uh... Thanks again. Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. I'm sure I'll see you in the press box. Before, yeah, uh, yeah. With your with your Christmas, Christmas story time. review, I'll be uh, a full exactly. Ass, and you on can, uh, Christmas Eve too. Yeah. Yes. We will. Uh, we will all be celebrating Christmas together. Um, all right, Zach. Thanks, thanks a bunch, again. man. Appreciate it. And that's going to do it for episode 57 of the WGN Radio Football Podcast. I'm Kevin Powell. Thank you for listening. Thanks to Zach again. Thanks to Brian Altimer and Ernie Scatton for their help producing the podcast. And thank you again for listening. This is the WGN Radio Football Podcast. 